pause when the clock has started. This is 20 minutes you'll never get back. I'm Graham your announcer, because, well, no one else would do it. Here's a heads up about this episode. It was written about 4 minutes ago so, I hold no hope. You shouldn't either. Let's just see how long this will last. Here's Duck. Did he say here's Duck? I swear, I swear that's what I heard. Alright, well, <laughs> anyway, welcome to 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. My name is Doug Prezak. Thank you for tuning and listening. I know you have all kinds of ways you can be spending your 20 minutes, but, you know, you decided to spend it here, so, <laughs> so I appreciate it. I'm not kidding, I really do. I would pay you if I could. All right, let's start with our usual uh, shout-outs to some of the new cities or towns or wide spots on the road who downloaded the uh, last episode. Hopefully you're back for uh, more of this nonsense. Brighton, Massachusetts. Uh, That's named after the English city Brighton. (laughs) You're new on my list. Welcome. Um, I wouldn't pronounce this wrong. I hope not. Hyderabad. Hyderabad. That's in the state of... Telangana in India. My apologies to the entire nation of India for messing that up. Hyderabad in Telangana in India. Uh, That's a major major technology center, in case you were wondering. Oh, here's another one. Um, Klein Do Tinjin. Klein Do Tinjin. Klein Do Tinjin. (laughs) It's a village in the district of Zurzach in the canton of Argau in Switzerland. Okay, now, besides India, I apologize to the entire nation of Switzerland. Kleindochtingen. And I also want to say a very warm hello again to Damien and the gang down in Santiago, Chile. Fantastic, loyal listeners. I really appreciate you guys down there. All right. Does anybody know uh, anybody who lives in Vermont? I know there's. I know there's listeners in New Hampshire. You know, it's right next door. You must know somebody who lives in Vermont. Okay, call them. Tell them to listen. I mean, what's it going to cost them? It's just twenty minutes. That's like one third of The Bachelor, and it's a lot less painful than watching The Bachelor. So, yeah, give them a call. Um, I, I need. I need Vermont. It's a completion issue. I need to get them on board somewhere, somehow. And because I know how you like to know how these episodes came to be, let me tell you a little story, if you don't mind. On Tuesday of this week, my executive producer and I, we we went to a major, um, I'll just say a mouse-based theme park. I'm not going to say the name because they don't pay me. But, you know, it's the one that's got pirates and princesses and uh, ducks with no pants. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, when we got there, we discovered it was jam-packed. It was a Tuesday in the middle of March, and it's not even spring break yet. But but that's not the story. No, the story is getting there. Yeah, ah, uh, the L.A. freeway system. I just love me some <laughs> some L.A. traffic. Now, I'm sure wherever you are in the world, you, you have, you know, your own traffic nightmares, but, you know, it's really exciting to be sitting in the middle of six lanes of traffic in both directions going nowhere. We were going so slow that I was watching grass grow on the other side of the road. I missed one of my kids' high school graduations, uh, and they were only in the fifth grade when we, when we left. I was on Interstate 5, or 
the five, as it's called down here in La La Land. I'm going to have more on that later. I was in the carpooling, which turns out to be the worst lane to be in. I'm crawling along at a mind-numbing speed of like uh, six miles an hour in a lane that's supposed to be a perk for multi-passenger cars. So as I'm creeping along, the cars in the lane next to me are passing me by at, oh, 13 miles an hour. I, I swear I could hear them snickering as, as they went by me. But in all of my free time in traffic, I got to thinking about the wondrous parking lot we call the L.A. freeway system. So you know what I did. That's right. I did some research right there in the car. <laughs> all right, I'm kidding, but I could have. So with your indulgence, uh, let me explain what I found out about the interstate freeway system here in the United States. Now, those of you in other countries, you may be able to relate to this uh, with your own traffic nightmares or, you know, you just may be thanking God you don't have to travel anywhere between 4 a.m. and 9 p.m. on the freeways of Los Angeles. Okay, so how did this whole interstate thing uh, come to be? Well, Dwight D. Eisenhower, uh, he was inspired by the network of high-speed roads he saw in Germany back during World War II. He was uh, behind the passing of the Federal Aid Highway Act of 1956. Now, that law funded the first 41,000 miles of road that made up the early U.S. interstate system, which now runs through all 50 states. You, you heard me. The interstate is even in Alaska and Hawaii. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you think on that one for just a minute, okay? It took, uh, and here's the deal. I have a whole lot of facts about the interstate system. You probably didn't think you needed to know, but... I think you do need to know it. <laughs> so here we go. It took 17 years to create and fund the idea of the interstate. Two members of the U.S. Bureau of Public Roads presented a report to Congress in 1939 that detailed the need for a non-tolled road system in the U.S. The Federal Highway Act of 1944 allowed for a development of a 40,000-mile national system of interstate highways but it didn't provide any funding, so it literally went nowhere. Uh, it wasn't until the act of 1956, uh, spearheaded by Eisenhower, that funding was finally allocated to the construction. Now, unlike the earlier U.S. highway system, the interstates were designed to be an all-freeway system with uh, nationally funded standards for construction and signage. Now, while some of the older freeways were adopted into the system, most of the routes were completely new construction, which greatly expanded the entire freeway network in the U.S. Now, when the Interstate Highway Act was passed, most Americans thought it was a good idea. But when construction started and people, especially those in urban areas, were displaced, they didn't think it was such a great idea. And communities were literally cut in half. Some even started to revolt. There is a great TV show called Penny Dreadful City of Angels. It's a series, it was a dramatic series. I think it was on Netflix. I don't know. Penny Dreadful City of Angels that actually addresses the entire L.A. freeway system and cutting communities in half. Take a look at it. No, Netflix, didn't. Netflix did not pay me. In the 1960s, activists stopped construction on highways in New York, Baltimore, Washington, D.C., and New Orleans, which resulted in several urban interstates becoming roads to nowhere. Here's another one. The every state owns its portion, including all the potholes. This means that the state is responsible for enforcing traffic laws and maintaining the section of highway it borders. 
And speaking of potholes, the largest pothole in the country award apparently has been claimed by a section of I-75 just outside Detroit. So if you're listening to Detroit, my apologies. The exception to the states owning their section of the highway is the uh, is a bridge, the Woodrow Wilson Memorial Bridge. Uh, that's I-95 in case you care. That crossed the Potomac River into Washington, D.C., used to be the only part of the interstate system owned by the Federal Highway Administration. Unfortunately, issues over being too small led to a creation of a new, bigger, taller bridge. So so what happened to the old one? Well, it was destroyed in part by people who won a contest for having the toughest daily drive. (laughs) Here's your hammer. Have at it. Uh, You know, how fast can you go in the interstate? Well, the states set their own speed limits. However, if you were around back then, in the early 1970s, not saying that I was, I was, all 50 states set their speed limits to 55 miles an hour. That's because there was a clause in the Emergency Highway Energy Conservation Act signed into law by Richard Nixon that dictated if a state did not set the highway speed limit to 55, that state would lose its federal highway funding. <laughs> so you know what the states did. <laughs> 55. Now, if you're thinking about copying that interstate sign for something, you know, like a T-shirt or you want to make up your own thing, pictures on it. Well, the signs are trademarked. The red, white, and blue shields used to designate the interstate numbers are trademarked by the American Association of State Highway Officials. The original design for the shield was drawn by a senior traffic engineer named Richard Oliver out of Texas, and his uh, design was selected out of 100 entries in a national design competition in 1957. I would love to see what some of the other ones look like. The best we have is that red, white, and blue shield. (laughs) You probably already know this, but all major even-numbered interstates travel east to west, and the odd-numbered interstates run north and south, like I-5 I was on. That goes from Canada to Mexico, north to south. So you probably already knew that, but... Interstates and highways with the same number cannot run through the same state. Now, this is going to get confusing. I typed it out. I still don't understand it. See if you do. You're probably smarter than I am. The numbering system used for interstates is intended to be the mirror opposite of the U.S. highway system. So drivers won't be confused about whether to take Highway 70 or Interstate 70. For example, I-10 which runs through the southern states east and west, while Highway 10 runs through the northern states. Because I-50 would run through the same states as Route 50, the number will never be used. (laughs) Did anybody understand that? (laughs) I sure as hell didn't, but again, you're probably smarter than I am. The interstate is part of the U.S. Atomic Attack Plan. Yeah, you heard me. A major concern during Eisenhower's presidency was what the country would do in the event of a nuclear attack. One of the justifications for building the interstate system was its ability to evacuate citizens of major cities if necessary. (laughs) Good Lord. If we ever, ever had an emergency like that, I can't imagine Southern California dumping on to the 5 or the 10 freeway or the 405 because it's already standstill. (laughs) It's going to do no good. Calm down, Doug. You're not on the freeway right now. There are no uh, design rules dictating the shape of the roads. A major myth 
of the interstate system is that one out of every five miles is straight so an airplane can land on it. Now, while this, you know, it's happened, we've seen in the news, there are no actual rules or regulations that require such a design. Also, there's no requirements for curves to be designed into the highway to keep drivers awake. However, the Federal Highway Administration does admit that this is a perk of winding roads. <laughs> All right, we're going to stop right here, take a break, and when I come back, I'm going to have some, uh, a few more facts for you, and then the story of the... That's right, T-H-E. Don't go away. Waiter. Waiter! Bill, did you ever see such poor service? I'm going to call the manager. Take it easy, Walt. What's mostly wrong is your grouch. I'm sorry, Phil, but my digestion is so upset. What you may need for your poor digestion is something that works after nature's own order. Try Carter's Little Liver Pills. Don't depend on artificial aids to counteract indigestion when Carter's Little Liver Pills aid digestion after nature's own order. Take Carter's Little Liver Pills as directed. Get them at any drugstore, only 25 cents. Only 25 cents. Can you believe that? It's <laughs> such a deal for indigestion. <laughs> Carter's Little Liver Pills. <laughs> Do they still make those? I need to look that up. I'll be right back. I'm back. Yes, the answer is yes. You can actually still get Carter's Little Pills uh, uh, they're available at Walgreens for four eighty-five, not twenty-five cents, but four dollars eighty-five cents. They took out the word liver in nineteen fifty-one because the Federal Trade Commission said no, it's very misleading. Had the word liver in there, so now they're just called Carter's Little Pills. <laughs> it's just a little extra research right in the middle of the show. Can you believe it? All right, let's get back to uh, highways, okay? Now, about now, you're probably saying, "Hey, Doug, what's the difference between a freeway and a highway?" Well, if I may put it simply. All freeways are highways, but not every highway is a freeway. That sounds like a country western song, doesn't it? <laughs> anyway, a freeway is a, quote, controlled access highway. It's also known as an express highway. It's designed exclusively for high-speed vehicular traffic. Traffic flow on a freeway is unhindered because there are no traffic signals, intersections, or grade crossings with other roads, railways, or pedestrian paths. The main difference between a freeway and a multi-lane highway is that in case of freeways, these roads are separated from the rest of the traffic and can only be accessed by ramps. The ramps allow for speed changes between the freeway and arterial thoroughfares and collector roads. The opposing directions of traffic on a freeway are physically separated by a median, such as a strip of grass or boulders. Good God, who would put boulders in the middle of the median? Or by a traffic barrier. Traffic across a freeway is carried by either an overpass or an underpass. Now, around the world, freeways are known by various terms like the Autobahn in Germany, the Autopista in Spain, the Autostrada in Italy, and the Snellweg in Netherlands. <laughs> Man, I nailed that pronunciation, didn't I? And lastly is the story of the. Now, I personally experienced this. When I lived up in Northern California, we referred to freeways as just the number. We would say, I'm going to take 680 or you need to take 880 to 580. Uh, that's how we said it. When I came down here to LA, it was the 5, the 405, the 210. I did not quite understand that. Well, I did some research and found out that apparently it all started because the region uh, was an early adopter of the freeway. In SoCal, routes were given names as they opened, 
and the names corresponded to where the freeways ended or places they passed through. For example, the Arroyo Seco Parkway or the Hollywood Freeway. Now, the routes also had numbers assigned to them, but it wasn't uncommon for freeways in the L.A. area to have more than one route number attached to them. For example, the Pasadena Freeway was Route 6, Route 66, and Route 99. Now, apparently, keeping track of all those numbers was confusing, so people just started to favor the destination names of freeways. So the freeway people took to get to San Bernardino was referred to as the San Bernardino Freeway instead of a whole bunch of numbers. In 1964, the system for numbering the highways was streamlined statewide so that each highway had only one number. Newer freeways, like the 605 Freeway, were being built around the same time too, and so it suddenly became easier to call the freeway by its one easy-to-remember number rather than its longer, more descriptive name. But those wordy nicknames had already become a habit among SoCal residents, and it was still common to refer to the freeway's nicknames for years after the numbers were standardized. The enduring popularity of the nicknames led to the San Bernardino Freeway to becoming known as the 10, and the Hollywood Freeway is the 101. And so there's your answer. I I don't know how it is where you live, but uh, down here, it's the 10 the 101, the 405, and the dreaded the (laughs) 5. Well, that's going to wrap up this episode. I hope you got out your uh, Thomas Guide maps to follow along. (laughs) Wow, I just dated myself. Does anybody else remember the Thomas Guides you carried in your car? All right, well, did we learn anything today? Well, we learned if you're going to be driving to Disneyland. Oh, crap, I said it. If you're going to be driving to a mouse-based theme park, then pack a lot of food, because when you leave on a Tuesday, you'll get there on a Wednesday sometime. We learned that because I-50 would run through the same states as Route 50, that number's never going to be used. (laughs) Whatever that means. And we learned that Carter's Little Liver Pills are now just Carter's Little Pills. Pick some up today. (laughs) They're more than 25 cents. That is going to do it for this episode, episode number 83. I cannot believe it. Uh, Thank you very much for tuning in and listening. I appreciate it as always, and I will most likely talk to you next time on 20 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Bye-bye. Hi, it's me again, Doug. I want to take up a couple more seconds of your time just to remind you, if you want to stay informed of when uh, the next podcast is posted, all you need to do is sign up at uh, on that Instagram machine. It's at uh, 20MYNGB, 20MYNGB, and that means 20 minutes you'll never get back. Uh, if you sign up there, you'll uh, always see when the next podcast is uploaded. And if you want to leave some comments, by all means, please do go to the uh, website at 20minutespodcast.com. So it's 20minutespodcast.com. And uh, you can uh, leave your comments there. It also tells you how you can be an announcer for the show. So take take a look at those two things if you'd like and stay informed. And I'll, as always, thank you very much for listening to uh, 20 Minutes. You'll never get back. Bye-bye.